Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? I'm a little concerned, Amy. Why? There seems to be a bit, a bit of a COVID spike happening around yeah. the country yeah. right now. All the all the major sports leagues are dealing with it. Uh, we're seeing college basketball games get canceled. It's flying Broadway. around my kids' schools. Broad, Broadway's getting canceled too. There's some of that. I didn't see that. Right. Oh. Well, yeah, because what's happening with Broadway is it's it, it's hitting like the cast troops. and crew. Yeah. yeah. So they can't they and they can't keep up as far as understudies and things like that. So it it hits and they can't they can't do it. Yeah. New York is really seeming to get hit hard. I don't know where things are in North Carolina today. I have been sort of tracking that, but yeah, it's a little, little concerning. I'm concerned as well. It feels a lot like last year. It does. It does. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially just, going into the holidays, yeah, I'm just concerned. That's all. Right. So that, uh, you know, I feel like we've made a lot of progress and I'm, I'm worried that we're going to, Right. Well, it's a new, the, a it's a new the, strain. It's a yeah, new strain. But yeah. I'm worried we're going to go backwards with a lot of the policies and stuff, and you know, and there's going to be a lot more of that moving forward. So, right. It's just well, that's just my concern. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to see. Certainly, we'll be tracking that, and everybody, be careful out there. Yeah, absolutely. Going into Christmas and family time and church services, things like that. Mm-hmm. Just be careful. Yeah, absolutely. So I know, I know churches are really, really busy this time of year. I, I talked to a pastor this week in Georgia and and he was like, man, if I can just get through December 26th, because <laughs> we're just nonstop from here on. So we've got another week or so to go and, and uh, it'll kind of be behind us. It's crazy. Christmas is a week from tomorrow, Amy. I can't believe that. It is, it is getting here so quickly. Did you get quickly. all your shopping done? Uh, getting close. Got it. Got a few more things. You bought my gift things. yet? Getting close. A few more things. A few more things. So, all right. My, my gift to you, I hope today is no barking in the background, but no promises. We'll yeah, see how no it goes. No promises. I doubt that. I doubt that. So, I, I gave you a gift. You did. It was one and of I your really featured uh, things on here. Yeah. I, the, that was a really nice surprise. And, you know, I want to just say, because you were my boss for a half of this year. And you are a very, you're a good and generous boss, very kind to your, uh, your team. And, um, this was my, uh, the book that I was very excited about. That was about Jacqueline Kennedy's kind of refurbishing of the white house. And so it's a gorgeous sort of coffee table style book. And, uh, that's a, that's a, a sort of a, a particular moment in the history of first ladies was Jacqueline Kennedy's refurbishing, uh, redecorating, um, because things were like falling apart and she just did an incredible job taking the people's house and making it better. And so this is just a beautiful display of that. Yeah. And now that we've talked about how great I am, we can end this podcast. I'll see you next week. Yeah. I have it right next to my white house tree. So you're not going to let me just stop it right here and Nope, I think no. we need to jump into the news. That's not why yeah. people listen to this. No. They don't listen to this to hear how great you are. <laughs> no, they listen to hear how great you are. That's the that's the truth. Well played. Well played. Uh-huh. I think you're right. I think uh, you're right. Yes, that's- I think you're right. Ah, oh, there we go. Well done. All right. Hey, let's jump into this. Uh, before we get into the news, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. All the upheaval and disruption over the past few years have left many asking, what does ministry look like now? 
The Ministry Now Conference will answer this question on March 22nd through 24th on the campus of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Experienced ministry leaders from across the nation will gather to explore how God's churches can thrive in this ever-changing ministry context. Founded on an unyielding commitment to biblical truth, built by expert practitioners, and designed to encourage and equip God's people in every area of ministry, this gathering will empower you to live your calling wherever you serve God. So join them in Fort Worth, Texas on March 22nd through 24th. Discounted registration ends January 15th, so reserve your tickets now at swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. That's swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. All right, Amy, we start this week just a little bit north of here in the Bowling Green, Kentucky and Mayfield, Kentucky area, where some overnight storms and tornadoes blasted through there last Friday night early Saturday morning and did all kinds of destruction. Man, this, that was just awful. Waking up to seeing those pictures and the video of Mayfield, just an unbelievable uh, amount of destruction and really sad, especially when you see sort of the before and after pictures. Um, And I, it's been a very long time. I I was in Mayfield many, many years ago uh, for family event and it was the most beautiful town. And to just see how it's, I mean, the, the town it. itself is just yeah. gone, basically. Um, so really difficult to to even comprehend. And tornadoes are so tough because, I mean, hurricanes are awful, but hurricanes, you get kind of several days to prepare. Everybody's watching. You're, you know, trying to see which direction it's going to go. But tornadoes just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's just done. Uh, but the loss of life was just massive in this. And uh, uh, so really tough, but disaster relief it got there very quickly, not just from Kentucky, but from other States. We have a lot of North Carolinians that are there right now and uh, doing just unbelievable work uh, among the the victims of that tornado. Yeah. So a lot of work being done in the Kentucky area, as well as some in Tennessee over into, uh, I think, a little bit of Missouri and Arkansas, even into uh, Illinois. So a, a lot yeah. happening there and a lot going on. And it's it's been really awesome uh, that uh, the way that Southern Baptists have responded to this. Send Relief and Southern Baptist Disaster Relief both on the ground, like you said, almost immediately. Uh, I think it was Monday they started rolling in once things were kind of marked safe after uh, Saturday and Sunday, they were rolling in and they are serving thousands and thousands of meals a day, as well as providing tarps, providing uh, just help with cleanup and everything, uh, chainsaw crews, all kind of stuff going on up there in the Kentucky area. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode, how you could be a part of what Southern Baptists are doing up there. But do be in prayer. We have a host of articles. We have about 10 or 12 articles. Brandon Porter, who runs Baptist Press for us over at the executive committee, has been up there several times this week. We've got some great footage and uh, just some great coverage of how Southern Baptists are responding in the wake of these tornadoes. So check out the the host of articles across uh, the the week that we've put up over at Baptist Press. There's just a lot. And and not just uh, the Southern Baptists, you know, ministering to those in Mayfield and Bowling Green and those areas, but how the ministers and the pastors of the churches there have been ministering to the communities as well. Just a great testimony from First Baptist Mayfield uh, in the Associated Press, carried in thousands of newspapers across the country this week, and in how uh, his faith is is 
leading him and bringing him to lead those in Mayfield and uh, just further the cause of Christ there. So uh, do check out those stories, all of them over at Baptist Press, and uh, be in prayer for those up in the wake of these tornadoes and uh, the, the the kind of the pickup and, and the mourning, the grieving, the mourning, everything by those in Mayfield and Bowling Green and spread across the Mid-South. Amy, some legal news, got a legal update this week. Mike Stone has dropped his lawsuit against former ERLC president Russell Moore. Yeah, we covered this a couple months back on the, the podcast that it was a voluntary dismissal. So essentially, the judge just, he dismissed it without prejudice. What that means is that the suit could come later at any time on the same ground. So it, because it's a voluntary dismissal, he asked for it, uh, wanted to withdraw it. Then that just, that that's what the sort of without prejudice means that it could come back. However, in the statement that was issued to, uh, Baptist press and, and other media, it, Mike Stone said, several days ago, I instructed my attorneys to withdraw the lawsuit. This past Thursday, the court formally granted my request. This was a voluntary action on my part alone. I have trusted the Lord with my eternal soul, my family, and my ministry. I can and I do trust him in this present matter. He does all things well, knows all things perfectly, and judges all things and all people rightly in his own sovereign time. So uh, while that was dismissed without prejudice, there's no indication, you know, of, uh, that, that it would, would come back. Uh, so it, it, from everything we can see, I think that's, uh, that's that closes, closes the door on that. Yes, I think it does. So we will uh, keep you updated if anything changes in that, but I think you're right. I think it, the door is closed on that. All right. To Houston, Amy, where we had uh, at, over at Champion Forest, more than 1,100 decisions for Christ at their Christmas performances. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Jarrett Stevens, senior pastor, said that at the end of their Christmas spectacular concert, he would ask the the people who had prayed a prayer of salvation to, to hold up the flashlight on their phone, and they did an official count, 1,114. So 1,114 wow. people in a five-day span. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, incredible move of God there at Champion Forest, uh, just outside of the Houston area. I mean, they're just on that north side of Houston. And uh, like you said, Jarrett Stevens uh, went there, what, about a year ago? He hadn't been there that long, has he? I think it was about a year ago. About a year ago. So uh, if it hadn't been a year, it, it's close to it. Or if it's a little over a year, it's it's around around a year. So yeah. uh, pretty awesome sight. And the, the pictures are just incredible, too. Uh, of the those in the crowd holding up the, the lights on their phones, so that's uh, pretty awesome, and and just a testimony of how these Christmas presentations can open the door to the gospel for those who may not have believed yet. So, um, I just just should be an encouragement to those of you having maybe your Christmas thing this weekend. They had thirty thousand people attended all their services from December eighth to twelfth. So, I mean, there was a lot of people that came. So incredible. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible there. But uh just an amazing testimony of how God was moving at Champion Forest Baptist Church there in the Houston area. So congratulations to them and and all uh, you know, just uh I hope we're seeing the same kind of results. I think uh, you know, from what I hear at a lot of churches, we're seeing a lot of the same kind of results at other churches. So uh, really, really encouraging there. Also encouraging Lifeway India has launched its first-of-a-kind Telugu study Bible. That's amazing. So this is something that was completely developed by local Indian pastors 
that were working with Lifeway India. So there uh, were already Bibles in Telugu, but now this is a study Bible with all the additional content. You know, this is one of these things that we kind of take for granted. We have study Bibles of all kinds here, but a number of um, a number of people don't have that in their language. And so this is the fourth most common language in India. It's spoken by nearly 90 million people. So it's going to have notes, commentary. It will have QR codes so readers can get more teachings. Um, just an incredible, incredible resource that can be for the people who uh, who speak the Telugu language. Yeah. And one of the neat things of it, they included a lot of QR codes so they can, people can scan those and access additional teachings and trainings digitally. So, you know, one of the things is it's one thing to have a language, you know, Bible in the language. That's great, right? Having your Bible in language and then having a study Bible to be able to study it further in your language. That's awesome too. But to also have the access to the digital training in their language to be able to train them further, to be able to encourage them, to help them as they, you know, plant churches and go out and make disciples even better. So just a, a really great testimony there from our friends over at Lifeway and in Lifeway India and all that they've done to uh, get that Telugu study Bible done. So really cool because they, they worked on that throughout the entire uh, COVID break and you know dealt with all the supply chains and labor shortages and everything, issues uh, that are going on with that, and but finally got that done over there in India. So that that's really exciting to see. All right, Amy, we talked about it last week. We got some graduation stories from this week. And uh, we, we have Gateway and New Orleans. I think we'll have uh, Southeastern and Midwestern on next week's episode. Uh, so those those will get published soon on Baptist Press. But we start at Gateway. Yeah, so at Gateway, they had their commencement ceremony on December 11th. So that was uh, last Saturday. And Jeff Orge urged graduates to stand firm drawing a charge from Philippians 3:17 through 4:1 and uh, just kind of a great a great opportunity to celebrate those that were graduating in the after the fall semester they had three students that received the presidential leadership award and that's the highest honor given to students at Gateway um, the, so that was Clifford James Jenkins, Carola Fernanda Manriquez Pozo, and Stephen Paul Baum. Uh, so really a wonderful honor to them. But it sounds like a, a, a very special day. So that's a great, great release that shares a little bit more about the charge that he gave to them. Yeah, absolutely. And then down at New Orleans, Jamie Dew addressed 200 graduates at New Orleans. They had 18 doctoral degrees, 90 master's degrees, and 92 undergraduate degrees and certificates awarded at New Orleans. So uh, pretty exciting for them down there at New Orleans. I know it's it's been kind of a, a tough semester with the hurricane coming through and then them kind of trying to get back on track after that. But it, it's pretty exciting to see this, uh, this semester close out with a great graduation of 200 students down at New Orleans. So uh, congratulations to Dr. Dew and the, the whole crew down there at New Orleans on, on that. So uh, pretty exciting news from our seminaries. Very exciting. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1959 because you know how I love to look at these like stories of the year retrospectives and how they sort of tell us what all was happening. Well, on December 19th in 1959, which I guess technically would be next week in SBC history because it's Sunday, but you know what? We're just going to do it. Baptist Press listed their 
stories of the year. So it just kind of gives us a snapshot of what Southern Baptists really cared about. This was the, this was gotten from, obviously this is in the day before web analytics. So they can't base this on page views, but they polled, they polled Baptist press editors to kind of decide what, what was the most important story. So what they said was the number one story for 1959 in the Southern Baptist convention was that the, was when the Texas Baptists rejected a hospital in Texarkana for, uh, that was partly going to be built with federal funds. So that was the number one. This is very interesting. This is something that we don't think about much anymore because a few state conventions still have connections with hospitals, but it's not, uh, not, not very common. So this was in a day when that was a major ministry of Southern Baptists. All right. So the second most important story was, um, the debated invasion is the word of Southern Baptists into areas outside the traditional South and the American Baptist Convention's action to accept churches in the South. So 1959 is sort of on the back end of these agreements that had been in place between the American Baptist Convention, which is formerly the Northern Baptist. There used to be agreements like we got this territory, you got this territory. And when those agreements expired, which I want to say was maybe in the 40s, things started to change and upend. So in 1959, we're dealing with the aftermath of churches from Southern Baptist uh, locations. They're, they're planting churches in the north. And then Northern Baptist churches or American Baptist Convention is accepting churches in the south. And it's like a kind of upsetting the apple cart. And they used the word invasion. So that was very interesting that they thought that was the second most important story of the year. Some other ones were about state conventions um, in the fall because the big hot topic that year was the likelihood of a religious issue in the 1960 presidential election, which I would say so. There was a religious issue, uh, the Catholic faith of uh, candidate John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Also, um, the 1959 annual meeting where they established the Stewardship Commission. That was a big one. A couple of other things, 100th anniversary for Southern Seminary, the story of Southern Baptist progress toward 30,000 new churches. They wanted to have 30,000 new churches and missions by 1964. So there was a lot of push for that, as well as the development of completely new campuses by two of the, of the six seminaries. And that was Golden Gate, now Gateway, and Midwestern. That was another big story. And then a couple other things, kind of some state convention stories, uh, baptism goals. And then uh, the number 10 story was a story about the relationship between Canada Baptists and Southern Baptists. So it's just a very interesting thing to realize what folks cared most about. And what is intriguing to me is with all these sort of big things that are going on and the, the, some of the numbers two through 10 that I look at and say, long-term, those are big, like the movement of Southern Baptist presence out of the South um, relationship with Canada. Some of these things seem really big, but at the time, number one was about a hospital in Texas. So what seems really important to us right now, historically may not have kind of the staying power of the other stories making the impact that they do. So 
I found it very interesting. So anyway, we do a lot of this in the next few weeks. We're going to be doing some retrospectives looking back at uh, 2021, uh, but they were obviously doing the same thing in 1959 this week in SBC history. All right. Well, that, that sounds fascinating. And yeah, the hospital thing, uh, I know a couple of years ago, I was in a presentation where Taffy did a Taffy Hall over at the Historical Library and Archives, did a presentation on Southern Baptist hospital work and, and yeah. why we were doing it and what was going on back then and just how much that has changed. And it was pretty fascinating to see that. I mean, that was like one of the big works of early 20th century Southern Baptist was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that, and, and the thing is, I mean, these hospitals, as we stopped doing that, I mean, these hospitals didn't go away. It just was, had to do with ownership and, yeah. and governance. They out. So they're yeah. right. So they're still operating. Um, and I mean, this is something that I've benefited from. I was born at Baptist hospital in Nashville, Tennessee. Now St. So, Thomas downtown. Or St. Thomas yeah. Midtown, whatever it's called. Yeah. So, so uh, bought by the Catholics. Right. So, all right. Well, yeah. And um, let's see, which one of my kids was born there? Micah. Micah was also born there. Big story in 1959, a hospital that we did not buy in Texarkana. All right. Okay, Amy, that'll bring us to our resources of the week. Your resource of the week is? So my resource is a new children's book that tells the story of Rebecca Naylor, former most fascinating Southern Baptist. I well, think, my I, I number think she's one. the reigning most fascinating Southern Baptist. Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Until, so, a, until a new uh, reigning Re- Southern Baptist is elected or until a new most fascinating yeah. Southern Baptist is elected, Rebecca Naylor is the reigning champ. That's right. So it was written by Ann Lovell at the International Mission Board. And it's called Rebecca, an American surgeon in India. So really, really cool. This is a follows up on a biography for children that was written about missionary Bill Wallace. Obviously, we think a lot of Rebecca Naylor here on the podcast. I find her to be very fascinating, as we know. Uh, But now you can order this uh, for your kids. This, you know, fits in. It's kind of been a, a a lot of these types of biographies for kids of all sorts of public figures. And so a pretty cool thing to, to have for kids so that they can, uh, can see someone as admirable as Dr. Naylor um, and really who is still contributing in a number of ways. So uh, very grateful for her contribution. Check this book out. Yes. And, and all proceeds go to support the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Anne Lavelle who wrote this said that like the reason that, one of the reasons that she became a missionary was because of Rebecca Naylor and the influence that she had and wants to continue her legacy of obedience to God despite challenges. It's something that all people can learn from, but particularly inspiring to young women. So uh, congratulations to Anne on this. I know it's done really well. We had an article this week in Baptist Press about it. And yeah, check it out. Rebecca, an American surgeon in India on Rebecca Naylor. So pretty exciting there. All right. My resource of the week is actually going to be just send relief. So Send Relief is a joint partnership between NAM and the IMB for relief ministries. And they are, uh, you know, helping out in Kentucky and Arkansas, across the, the Mid-South here in Tennessee, along with the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. And one of the things that, uh, you know, that our Southern Baptist Disaster Relief in is they specialize in is mobile kitchens. And Send Relief is providing that food right now. Amy, $50,000 in food a day to help feed workers, to help feed those affected by the storms. So 
I'm saying, you know, send relief. If you can at this time of year, I know we're talking a lot about Lottie Moon and everything. If you can help out with the send relief work in Kentucky, uh, everything that send relief and Southern Baptist disaster relief is doing, uh, I know they'd appreciate any and all gifts that can be done for that. So uh, just a reminder on that and, and just just kind of the magnitude of the response and, and what it takes and, and all the logistics that go into the sin relief response and the Southern Baptist disaster relief response in times like this. So if you can help out, uh, I know those in Kentucky would really appreciate that. So that'll be my resource of the week. I, you'll find a link to give over in the show notes for today's episode. All right, Amy, uh, I think that's uh, going to do it for us here on the podcast. Uh, one more news podcast next week, folks. We're going to do a news podcast next Thursday. We're going to drop that, uh, covering just a little bit of news that we'll have between now and right before Christmas. So uh, like Amy said, please don't do anything to make news next week unless it's really good news. Uh, she said that on last week's episode. So uh, you know, give everybody a break and let's, uh, let's have a, a nice few days. Let's enjoy the Christmas holidays. And then, uh, you know, we'll have our year-end recap show, I think, on Monday, the 27th. And then I think later that week, we will drop the preview for 2022. Okay? So three episodes coming to you over the next week or so. Our short news week and then the year-ender and then the preview. That's right. So our year-ender always takes the questions that we asked at the beginning of the year and we answer them. And we usually don't look and we, I, I just looked the other day. We usually don't look until December. So we don't remember what the questions are. So it's kind of fun to answer um, ourselves. We answer the questions. We talk about the biggest stories of the year. And then I drop my list of the 10 most fascinating Southern Baptists. And then the, the, the next episode, the one that's kind of for 2022 is where we ask our 10 questions for 2022. Yeah. So I guess start working we'll on what those. We got. I know uh, I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of, questions. I hadn't even started thinking about questions yet. I'm still trying to get through 2021. I hadn't even started thinking about 2022 yet, except for Anaheim thinking a lot about that. That's right. So a lot going on, a lot of prep work for that going on right now. So, uh, going to be exciting, going to be out there in Anaheim in, in January. So I've got a couple of trips in January, one in February already lined up. So Get right back after it, right after the break. Took my last trip this week, Amy, to Oklahoma. Visited some ministry partners up in uh, the Tulsa area. Made it out to the Pioneer Woman's Place in Pawhuska. And Amy, it was delightful. That's great. I have not spent enough time in Oklahoma. I really should be there more. Northern Oklahoma is gorgeous. Uh, I've driven through southern and and western Oklahoma. It's flat and brown. But northern Oklahoma, um, it it was rolling hills. It, It reminded me a lot of Nebraska. And um, if you've ever been to Nebraska outside of like the Omaha area, Lincoln area, it's it's just these rolling hills, great plains. That's, that's all it is. So pretty cool. That'll do it for us this week here on the podcast. End of the year. A lot of us have a lot of things going on at church as well as with family stuff. So everybody be safe. Uh, remember, you know, we kind of opened the show talking a little bit about the COVID outbreak happening across the country. Just uh, be safe. Take care, everyone. And uh, Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.